0: You're listening to Borderline Idealists. Join us every other Sunday for new episodes where we focus on anxiety, depression, and BPD. Log on to borderlineidealists.com for past episodes, blog posts, and our Patreon link to support us. Together, we can give a voice to those who suffer from mental illness and tear down mental health stigma. Hello everybody, welcome to Borderline Idealist. This is AJ. And this is Chris. But enough about him, this is AJ. And uh, <laughs> here on Borderline Idealist, we have a special guest. Um, her name is Valine. Uh, so I I met her in the uh, the Facebook group, um, and she was very eager to share her story. Um, and we're very eager to, to hear it. Um, so Valine, can you introduce yourself? To us a little bit and tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Sure. Hi everybody. I'm valine and um I am in Canada and I've been just recently diagnosed with borderline personality disorder on May 31st, um, 2019.
0: hmm And you also yeah. You also have depression and anxiety. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's the whole woodwork. Yeah, right? that that, that <laughs> usually that usually comes along with BPD, right? Like that's. Never, it's never <laughs> yeah. I only have BPD. I'm lucky. I don't. <laughs> um. <laughs> right? So, Valin, uh, let's. Go, oh yeah, go on, Chris. I was going to say, say um,
2: May is um. Fairly recent. It hasn't even been a full year. I want
0: to. I want to say May, actually, is. Um, I think that's National Border. Um, BPD Month. I want to really? say. Yeah, I think that's a. I think mm. that's a thing. I want to say I. I put up something, on our Instagram or something about that. So maybe it's good luck. But I don't know. <laughs> <Good luck. laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just looking for the silver lining out. Okay. Um, if, but Valley, can let's. I guess go back in time to before you were diagnosed with, with BPD. Um, can you give us a uh, a background about, uh, how, well, what, what led you to this diagnosis or, or, um, I guess what, what cues came up for you that, Hey, something is not right (laughs) with, with the way um, yeah. I guess I'm reacting or 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 acting. I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so uh, my date that I was diagnosed was May 31st, as I said before. Uh, but before then, I I can say that I honestly was trying to figure out if it was. I thought that it was like more of like a like a mental issue or like a like I don't I didn't I wasn't sure if my mom had done drugs or drank alcohol when she was pregnant with me like mm-hmm. you know like FAS or and then and I started thinking I'm like well maybe like I'm so emotional because I'm a Pisces like Pisces <laughs> I'm like that
3: makes sense
1: right it and could then be. like like I <laughs> and, and when I started this kind of experiencing new um like having new people around me like the people that I have around me now and today are not the people that I've ever had around me before like I've never had a boyfriend who's been like supportive and very understanding and super patient with me like I've never met a man who's been like patient with me as this guy has and then my brother he's like (laughs) Yeah, like and then there's my well, he's not my brother, but he's my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um and he's he's very understanding because he's just getting out of a relationship himself was kinda of the same woman like me. <laughs> okay. So um I just thought I was like temperamental. Like I knew my whole life I've always had a temperament. Um I got into trouble a lot at school, but that was like the underlying issues. Like, I grew up in a very uh, abusive, um, very abusive, traumatic, like childhood experience. Like, I was okay when my first three years of life, I lived with my grandparents, but when I was three years old, my mom came back with my first stepdad and then took me home. And I don't remember anything after that. And from what I've been told by my family, by them, uh, friends that were close and stuff, like, I've been told quite numerous times that, like, my mom, she would lock me in my bedroom uh, naked and with no toys, no books, and a plastic, uh, like, a, a plastic mattress, and, um, oh, and in my dresser. And if I was being really bad, then she would, like, lock me in my closet. And like I'll be left in my feces and urine for like Mm. days on end. I would drink water in the toilet just because like that's what I had to do. And I didn't realize that my one auntie, my one auntie, um, found out how my mom is treating me, and she verbally berated my mom and said, "If you don't get some." Fruit, like, fruit and vegetables and, like, some food in this fridge and you don't get her in some clothes and you stop, like, leaving her in her bedroom. And she's like, and if you don't do that, she's like, I'll take her. And then when I started getting memories, I remember looking down at my body and, like, I seen, like, these cute little outfits, like, mats tops and dresses and, like, all of a sudden, like, I had everything. So I went from, like, that to, like, being spoiled and being an old child. Um, My mom, she was pretty abusive, so, mm-hmm. like, getting beat up and stuff, like, at a young age, like, that, that wasn't, I don't know, I thought that was normal.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then at seven years old, um, my mom ended up, um, she ended up prostituting me. Out to men and older men for like drugs and alcohol and money for herself and her like she was active in her addiction and so by the age of nine I'm like learning about different sex positions and how to give blowjobs while my girls like my friends at school are like playing with Barbie dolls and Polly Pocket right mm-hmm. so and then I realized I'm like yeah I'm like this I'm like I feel kind of different um. I don't know, I guess I was like the ugly duckling in like all of elementary because, like, I don't know, like I got picked on a lot, like, and especially like for being native, like I got the flat forehead, the big cheeks, and the little button nose, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, I always got picked on, and especially for my nationality, like I really didn't care too much about like being a different color because that didn't appeal to me. I just, I just wanted to hang out, and I, I was the type of kid to like, uh like in kindergarten I remember bringing like home like one or two friends after school for like an after-school snack and then they're like what's an after-school snack so like I'm I'm bringing home like kids that are hungry and stuff that never got after-school snacks and like I like me helping someone like has been I don't know ingrained in me like at a young age, uh, my mom she uh, she left the first stepdad, and then she was with the next guy who was stepdad number two, and um, I didn't like him, and I just thought I didn't like him because like I knew that he was like screwing my mom, <laughs> like you I'm like, and as, like I'm in my mom's bedroom window, and I'm like, I just. Uh, And I'm like I'm glaring at this guy walking out walking out to the cab at like six thirty in the morning and I'm like you bugger and then but when I met him I still didn't like him. And uh he he started to sexually abuse me when I was nine. And then we moved in and we did the whole family thing. By the age of twelve I told her after school like it, like I was like being like I don't know like I, I was withdrawing and even I I wasn't sure what was going on but I just I couldn't get rid of um, like just, just this sticky feeling and mom, I remember my mom told me she's like if you don't like someone that I'm dating or if someone hurts you tell me and mm-hmm. so I did And, like, I told her, and I'm like, Mom, this is what's going on. And I'm like, and he told me to tell you. And, like, without any emotion or any concern or she's like, okay. She's like, you're not going to finish your supper. You're going to take your school bike, and then you're going to go to bed, and you're going to do your homework. And Uh then so when that dad, number two, came home, like, she she fed him supper. She like, rolled a couple of joints, and, like, I'm, I'm eavesdropping, obviously, like, I'm, my mm-hmm. ears right up against the door in my bedroom, and she confronts him, and his reply was, was, she's lying, that, and I can tell you she's lying, because she asked to go spend the night at so-and-so's place, and I said no, and that I was going to tell you to tell her to say no. So she's just trying to get back at me and blah, blah, blah. She believed them. She like, mm. believed them. And then, like, after they beat each other up, it's like uh, domestic abuse and my family. Like, that's all I've pretty much, like, seen. So I was expecting to see uh, a backlash or two that night, which I did. And then we ended up moving from Prince George, B.C., to... Edmonton, Alberta, and I just turned 17, and my mom, she was a waitress or a cook at this one, um, I don't know, this, like, one dive bar, like, where, like, the old people go, and, like, the drink their coffee for, like, cheap coffee, and it's, like, in a really rough part of Edmonton, but she worked there, and I worked at the McDonald's just a couple blocks down from her workplace. My school was a few blocks up from, like we, we kept everything in like, in order. So I would go home and, uh, or no, I would leave home in the morning, I would do my makeup on the bus, go to school full time, after school, hop on the bus, go down to my mom's work, drop off my uh, my school books, do my studying quickly, and then I would have to hop on the bus again, and then go to my job. And then I got off work around like midnight, uh, twelve thirty, and then I would walk up to my mom's job. And by this time, she like she was always drunk, or she was always high, or she was in a blackout. And I would have to bring my mom home in that condition. She would trash the apartment because like while she's in a blackout, or like. Their abuse was getting pretty bad.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, like, I wouldn't... Not once like, have I raised a hand to my mom or even, like, bitch slapped or anything. Like, I I, I can't do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But there is numerous times where, like, I would restrain her mm-hmm. to, like, to the point where she would, like, pass out. And then I would, like, bring her to bed. I would get her tea And then I would go to bed, get a couple of hours sleep, Like if I was lucky, wake up the next morning, clean up the whole apartment before I left for school because if I didn't I would I would get in trouble. So that was becoming too much and the abuse was just getting way worse. Like it got to the point where like she would hold like she like she held a knife to my throat and I wasn't afraid when she was on top of me and like she said the words, "I brought you into this world, I can take you out," mm-hmm. and so and I'm like, in my head I'm like, "Oh my god, please no!" Like, like what the, what do I do? And then, but verbally, like I put, I don't know if it was like this is like being in survival mode or the adrenaline. Like I'm like, do it! I'm like, just do it! I'm like, because I wasn't afraid to die, like. I would rather die and not deal with the abuse from her anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
1: when she got off of me, um, she passed out. And then I cleaned up. And then first thing she did, she looked up and she started at me. So I just I left. I I went to take a school bag of clothes, but she's like, I paid for those clothes, and she's like, I paid for that school bag, and she's like, that stays here. She's like, if you're leaving this house, and she's like, You're leaving this house with the clothes on your back and I'm like, No problem. So I left home at seventeen and I'm still pretty fresh to like the Edmonton area. I didn't know that the area that we were in was like the ghetto, like it was Hooker Alley. I had no idea Mm
3: -hmm.
1: about that. And my ex boyfriend, Travis, he was chasing me down like uh towards one eighteenth Avenue and then he's like, Come back, come back, girl
3: And then, uh
1: yeah, just I ended up popping in I ended up hopping in this uh, this truck and this truck this guy he asked me Are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm okay and I'm like this he's like he's like, Do you need a ride? And he he turned out to be a John, I guess, and he had a fetish for like native girls. So he took me back to his place and like I I knew the drill, like I just didn't know that I was prostituting already in Edmonton and I did what I did, he gave me a bag of dope, he gave me 80 bucks, 60 or 80 bucks and then he gave me a piece of paper with his cell number on it. The dope that we did earlier, I thought it was cocaine. It wasn't cocaine. It was it was crystal meth. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the heck that this was. I'm like, so yeah, like I was hooked, and then I was homeless for about a year, couch person, and then I met my soon-to-be ex-husband um, at actually actually at that guy's house, like our dope dealer, and he pretty much like wooed me off my knee he was born in 61 and I'm born in 85 so there was quite the age age difference mm-hmm. yeah like wow. but just to me like at the time like I'm like I don't care like I don't care what people say like age is or age is just a number he loves me I love him and like I I really thought that like that's what it was and what got me to like actually fall in love with this guy was that he told me the first three days that we hung out, he didn't come on to me, he didn't sit on me, he didn't touch me or, or anything. Mm-hmm. And then like day three and I like I started to wonder and I'm like, Am I like just ugly or am I not as tight?
0: Maybe he's gay
1: and I'm like oh, that's <laughs> what I <kind> was <of> thinking. <laughs> and so the trippy thing with my with my ex husband he has, he has like a, he has this special ability. If you're thinking something, chances are he can hear it. Mm. And like, he'll ask you, it's like, what did you say? And you know, you didn't say anything. It's like, oh, I didn't say anything. And then he'd ask, well, what were you thinking? And then you, and then you tell him, and then he's like, yeah, that's what I thought you said. And I'm like, what? And he's like, <laughs> so I asked him, I'm like, what's the deal here? And I'm like. I, I clearly like you, and I'm like, am I not your type? Or I'm like, are you gay? And then he's like, he's like, he starts laughing. He's like, I'm not gay. He's like, I just respect you. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm in love.
0: <laughs> BPD, BPD. Yeah.
1: <Right? laughs> <Right? Ooh, ooh, laughs> it, it, it was it was it was quite it was quite the ride for the first seven years mm-hmm. that we were together because it was like drug induced Uh, the abuse, like, just everything, like, it just oh, wow. He's a next husband for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, like, we've been separated now for six years. We had um, him and I had my or our oldest daughter, she's now, she's going to be turning 11. She lives with her dad in, in Fox Creek, which is a couple of hours away from where I am. And uh, yeah, I, I separated from him. And then I, uh, I ran into the arms of another man because like, that's, that's not the impulsive thing to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I actually thought I was head over heels for the boyfriend. And, like, six months into us dating, I got pregnant with baby number two. And so that that relationship lasted a year. I had complications with both pregnancies.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: my youngest daughter, she is now four years old, and she lives with her dad in White Court, which is only an hour away from her older sister. And uh, I try to see them when I can. I'm I'm having issues with 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 the boyfriend or whatever. But other than that, I'm I I've been kind of trying to like get myself in order. But I'm still I'm still unsure of like what is going on in my head or like what's wrong with me, you know? Like, mm. and it's like relationship to relationship to like this, and then I went like. I think it was, like, about a year and a half. I went, like, on a big, huge, um, I'm just going to be blunt about it. Like, I went through, like, a big, huge slut phase. hmm And I was kind of all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. I woke up in different towns, uh, in their police station. And I'm, like, I'm waking up in that Fred Flintstone dress. Like, I had no bra. Like, all of my clothes is gone. But I'm wearing this Fred Flintstone dress, naked. And I don't recognize the jail cell. And then, like, I'm waking up in the hospital, butt naked, strapped to a bed, with my closest friends, who are, like, pretty much, like, soul family, basically.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they're all there with their arms crossed, and they're just shaking their heads. And then there's my <laughs> brother, who has the same birthday as me, but he's eight years older. And there he is. He's laughing his butt off. Because, like, he's, like, we both uh, were in recovery, like, so he thinks it's just funny. Like, I, like, I, I got myself my very first apartment ever. Like, I've never had my own apartment. I've never paid my own bills. Like, I paid bills and stuff, and everything was my ex-husband, but everything was in his name. So, like, I just, I just wiped the cards. So... <laughs> But to have my own apartment, like, every chunk of wood and every piece of fabric and dish and, tea, like, my whole apartment, it was a crappy little one-bedroom apartment, but I furnished it all by myself, and it was, was usually, like, volunteer work or, like, going to, like, secondhand store. Like, it was all low budgeted, but mm-hmm. it was perfect, and I was so proud of myself. Yeah. I even... Kept the apartment for over a year.
0: She's like, you don't don't understand. You don't understand that's a (laughs) year. Yeah, like, you think for someone like me to have my own
1: place, like, I was was pretty
0: impressed. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, I'm making moves. I'm doing pretty good for myself.
1: (laughs) Right? And then all of a sudden, like, my alcoholism, like just got the best of me and it got to the point where um what got me evicted I guess on my blackout, I because of like prostitution being all I've ever known, like as a last resort growing up. I guess when I blacked out, I figured that I should pro- I should like I should prostitute and make money to pay my rent because I was like, I was freaking out about my rent, but I was blacked out, and so I got naked, and I'm walking down the hallway in my apartment naked, and offering my body for sex, or like offering my body for, for money, because I need to pay my rent, and so the next morning when I woke up, or like the next afternoon, yeah, I, I woke up to a nice little two-week eviction notice, and there goes the apartment, and then so I'm like, again, and then I finally came here to Grand Prairie, Alberta. We're, like, northern Alberta. It, it's really nice. Windy, but it's really nice. <laughs> and, um, and I put myself into detox for eight days. And then from there, I, I signed up for the uh, sobriety program, and it's called Rising Above. And it, it's a Christian based sober living house, mm-hmm. but they don't like Bible thump on you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm like, try not to offend anyone, but that, like, they didn't push the religion on me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's but nice. they talked about, they talked about God a lot and Jesus and mm-hmm. stuff. And if you guys hear me say the name Gus, G U S, that's what I call. The guy upstairs. Okay. That's where from. So, um, and I and I told the lady, I'm like, you guys aren't going to. I'm like, I'm not turning my life over to Jesus. I'm not talking. I'm like, I'm not. I'll talk to Gus, and I'm like, but I'm like, I'm here to learn, and that's it. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: But me being there for, I was doing this over for nine and a half months with them. I graduated. Um. And then from there, like, I got, I kind of bounced around. Like, I just, I was so unsteady, like, unstable, like, not having a stable place. It was, um, it was still pretty overwhelming. And, like, I ended up relapsing. And when I relapsed, I I got this job as a flyer, and I got sent out of town, like, out by Edison, And, uh... Yeah, I ended up getting into drugs so bad there, so quickly in one night. Like, I ended up doing, uh, like needles or like intravenous, and I've never done a needle besides what my doctor has given me. And it's like that tore it all in the butt and gravel in the other side of the butt for my migraines. That's the only needles I would ever, like, I ever had. Mm-hmm. So, it was it was pretty scary because it was like a three three day binge. But then I knew for a fact that with the last needle that I did have, I really contemplated. And then I told Gus, and I'm like, Gus, if you don't want me doing this needle, I'm like, you will make sure that I don't do this needle. And then I popped the pap off, and the guy or the two guys that I was partying with. One of them decided to leave me uh, the dirty needle and it was bent and it had blood on it. And I'm um, mm. like, okay. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my sign. So I dumped, I, I dumped, I dumped it down the sink and um, yeah, like came back to Grand Prairie, detoxed again. Um, and then I kind of threw myself into my recovery I, w- I was going to A, like the sponsor like I I'm a I'm a pretty like uh, I don't know like social butterfly like I don't like I don't like to like be in a room with a crowd of people and like see one individual like alone by themselves like I w- I would be happy to go up to them and like introduce myself and hey how are you like. And,
0: Make their day, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Try to make other people feel uh comfortable. when you like notice? I mean, I I think that's that's kind of like a part of like empathy. Like you're just like looking for um, I think that's that's kind of how we are too, Chris. Um, like at parties and stuff, like we kind of gravitate towards those people. We're just like hey, you even know, though,
2: <laughs> even though we're more really yeah. Introverted. yeah,
0: yeah, we're more introverted, but yeah, trying to make people feel comfortable. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah, like to make them feel
1: more comfortable. Or even just like to let them see that they're acknowledged.
3: Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: Or that someone cares, kind of thing. So, like, I've always been a giving person, but that's also been like a, like a curse at the same time. So,
0: always. Long story <laughs> short, <laughs>
1: um, I got kicked out of this house that I was staying at, and I stopped going to meetings. I was sleeping in, I was fully slipping back into my uh my old behaviors so, of, like like my addiction and stuff and the depression and anxiety like that doesn't help. Uh, being insecure, like I just thought I was like really insecure about myself, like which I clearly am. Um I'm I had this ginger this white boy ginger messaged me on this dating site that I used to be on. I'm just
3: putting
1: that out there. Um, and he messaged me and we talked and we hit it off. And then by the, by the end of the conversation, like he felt comfortable enough to ask me to go out on a date with him the following night.
3: Hmm.
1: And I'm like, sure, okay. I'm like, I've never been out with like a redhead before. And I'm like, but hey, there's a first for everything. <laughs> Um, and then so the next day I got my tongue pierced just because I wanted to get my tongue pierced I've been wanting to get my tongue pierced since I was 16 years old and I'm like 30 something and I finally went through (laughs) with that decision and of course it had to have been on the same day as my date with with my redhead, and, uh, it it was so nice, like, I met the man that I've been looking for, or, like, he actually found me, but, like, I didn't, I call him, like, the unicorn of men, because, like, (laughs) I don't know what the heck to do with them. sometimes, like, he's patient with me, he's kind and understanding and very empathetic, and, like,
0: I know. Is that scary? He's, he's just...
1: It is! <laughs> it's and
0: terrifying. It's like, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs>
1: it's, oh, no, it's, like, I, I didn't even ask him that. I'm like, what What the heck do I do with you? I mean, like, do I water you? Do I feed you or, like, like a plant or something? And then, like, like he's, he's, he keeps me on my feet. Okay, like, easiest way to describe me and Don is he balances me out and I'm his strength we are like the yin and yang basically and uh at first we weren't going to be boyfriend and girlfriend but after a couple of weeks of being here at his place like he said I could uh come and get like get my shit together or sorry get my stuff together and uh he would help me and it wouldn't be a problem and so yeah like couple weeks later he asked me out and then in my head I'm thinking of his situation and then also in my head I'm thinking I'm like should I really be like should I really be dating and I'm like and then I started talking to myself into and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, like it could be fun and then so and then like Don he asked me and I'm like, Are you sure? And I'm like, you literally you're you're pretty much like You're like fresh meat on the like in the singles area, and he's like, I like, I know what I want, and he's like, and I want to date you, and he's like, and he's like, I don't care, he's like, I want to be with you. I'm like, okay, cool, (laughs) and so like we've been dating since, and my jealousy is, I'm working on that today still. But like we've been together for just over a year. Like we literally just celebrated our first year um, in November.
0: Oh, congratulations!
1: And thank you. And oh, he just corrected me. A year oh. and three months. Wow. <laughs> wow. That
0: see, that's a Chris move. That's a Chris move.
1: <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of a big deal because like mm-hmm. I will say I have I have had or oh, okay.
0: Come on, say what you mean. Say I what thought, you
1: mean. <laughs> I thought I loved my husband and I thought I was madly in love with my boyfriend. I do. I care for them, but the things that I feel with Don, I have never in my entire life besides the love for my kids, oh and my cats
0: i never, yes and the so cat. yes I have three cats yes, and yes, i love it's them
1: the
0: <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> it's, I,
1: i'm so bad at two two's
0: enough <laughs> yeah i think um, um i oh, i was just gonna say like i think that's what um what bpd can kind of do uh it can make you um at least for me it can make me like a lot of my relationships started with, you know, I'm going out on a date with somebody. Oh, you seem really nice. You're my boyfriend now. You know, <laughs> it's very quick because I guess like yeah. my, my emotions can get, um, I can get really attached to somebody really quick. But, you know, when I told Chris I loved him, I was just like, oh, and by the way, I told a lot of people I love them, like, you know, like the first day or stuff. And I, I waited two weeks, you know, and I couldn't wait any longer and take your time. But and he's just like, uh-oh. <laughs> But I don't know, it just it feels weird, yeah. because I have told other people, I love you. And I thought I did. But then when I fell in love with Chris, yeah. I was just like, okay, well, maybe I did. I like them a lot. Or I like something about them. But I don't think I, I, I don't know, the love wasn't the same that I that I have with him. So I, I, I get where, where you're yeah. going. It's just like, when you really fall in love, then you, you really understand it, but you can't really communicate it to somebody to somebody else. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Yeah, yeah deep, was totally,
1: deep. Like, yeah, like yeah. I, 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 still, I, I, still questioned on. I'm like, what are you doing to me, man? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm so messed up. Like, I okay. <laughs> so funny, funny thing. Like, this is actually pretty. This is a great tip for the guys. Um, there is this poem on the internet, and I can't remember who it's by, but it's called How. Or, how to love a woman who's been to hell and back.
3: Hmm.
1: And even for you, even for you two, you guys should read it. It's super long. Okay, well, it's not super long, but
0: it's fairly lengthy. Oh, you're really selling it to us. But, it's super long. Ooh. Yeah, but
1: okay,
3: okay, let
1: me. It's not super long. It's a slightly lengthy. <laughs> but the, just, The description in this poem is so beautiful like it's just it gets right down to like the rawness of what it's like to be with a woman who has been to hell and back because we're not easy to love at Mm. all like we're we're full of self-doubt we're full of like this and this and this and it i wrote it out and um like, I wrote it on paper, like, in my print scene. But Don asked me, he's like, did you write this for me? And, like, or, like, did you write it? And instantly I'm like, yeah, I wrote it.
3: <laughs>
1: I, I I, I, didn't. Like, I think I told him about two or three months after. <laughs> he was on his and I'm like, so, babe, and I'm like, I love you. <laughs> and he's like, I love you too. I'm like, but I got something I need to tell you. And I came clean about that. I did. I wrote it, but I did not write those. Were not my words. <laughs> and I thought he was going to dump me. I, I like, I thought all this crazy stuff, Aww. of course. And it wasn't even like that at all. Like he was, he was like, okay. He's like, well, thank you for telling me the truth. And so what I did, um, you guys remember me telling you that I had written a speech to share my testimony about my life mm-hmm. in front of all those people? Yeah. Okay, so what I did, those were my words. And I gave him that speech from from that banquet as a replacement for the, <laughs> the, fake, <laughs> the fake one. <laughs> But it was really cool because Don told me, he's like, I actually took that, he's like, I took that to heart. Like, just the the poem itself. And he said he used it almost like a guiding tool. And when times were, like, pretty shaky with us, like, he said he would go back and read this and he would remind himself, like, this is what it's like to love a woman who's been to hell and back. And then I'm like this, he's. Uh, he seems like. I feel like it's like a high like, school kid again. You know, like <laughs> like,
0: like he, this, he seems like some some kind of rare man that's in touch with his emotions.
1: <laughs> is it, is it possible? Is, like, he's he's a freaking unicorn. <laughs> he's a unicorn of men, but like like even even in in our
0: sex life, like it's. Oh, now we're getting I some is, good stuff.
1: <laughs> I've, I've, I've had some good times before I've had some quite a few experiences but like with him and it's just me and him like just every time you know, each time it just keeps getting better and better mm. like we're not like doing we're not doing anything like we're not like chains and lips and torture or whatever but like just the closeness and I keep telling on. I'm like this is this is, like, kind of weird in me out, and I'm like, because I don't know what to do. And then he's like, just love me and don't cheat on me. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I could do that. And this man has seen the worst of me as well. Mm -hmm. I guess my biggest fear and is still my fear today, like, the times that I had, like, meltdowns, or I'm not I'm not sure what the proper term is, but like I would lose my, you know what? Like I I would go I would get to like raising out so bad, like where he's called the cops on me a few times, well like four times I think, Ooh. and like yeah, like just and then I and then I'm freaking out in my head because I'm like. I'm like, he's going to dump me. And I'm like, he's going to be done with me. And, like, uh, at one point, he did dump me. But we ended up, like, working it back out and stuff. And what our breaking point in our relationship was, Mm -hmm. was um, because of the abuse that I was putting him through. Like, the emotional, mental, and physical abuse that I was putting him through. Mm -hmm. Because, like... I don't know how to communicate. I've never been taught that. Uh, I've mm-hmm. never been taught to, like, I don't know what people would consider normal because I really don't think that there is a normal out there. Um, just, I knew that we came from three different worlds and mm-hmm. he was okay with that. Like, he, he's not judgmental at all. Like, he's, he's pretty understanding, but we ended up, uh, we just about ended up going to uh, to the point where I was going to dump them and I ended up going into the kitchen instead and I grabbed a parry knife. I, the man that I've been with has been balder's, my brother's a Walder, my stepdad's a baldur, like, so like I know how to keep knives sharp and I always, I've always, I've always have and that morning I did sharpen my knife, not, in, like, not with that purpose. Just it's Oh, my knives are dull. I'm gonna the sharpen them. And then Don the and I even got into an argument, and he didn't think I was serious about committing suicide. And this this is off the drugs. This is off the booze. My psychiatrist has put had put me on um, a new medication, and this medication did not work for me because by day three. That's when I took that parry knife and I I was ready to go guys. Like I figured I'm like, yeah, spirit, I'm just gonna like flip my arm open, there's gonna be blood squirting everywhere, I'm gonna get dizzy, I'm gonna pass out, and then I'm never gonna wake up. Like it was it was the greatest plan ever. I just split my arm. But then when there wasn't lots of blood, I wasn't getting dizzy I'm still standing there looking at my 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 boyfriend, and now like half half my forearm is like it it. I knew in that millisecond that I needed to understand that I was not meant to die on my turn. Mm. And then when I came to that realization, I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah, something is going like something is wrong. Like, and I need help." And so when I got to the hospital I got thirty one staples and and the doctor said it was a clean cut. Like I didn't cut it, it was a clean cut. Like he said it was like it was a miracle. Yeah, and there's like six like six drops of blood in the kitchen. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like it just like Gus did not want me going going away. So um after that day that's when I was diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder and I'm not saying it's been smooth failed since but like for me and Don like he hasn't called the cops on me since Um, I take my medication daily uh, I have I keep my support system pretty close like I'm in contact with the support system I go to this uh, counseling for um for traumatic like sexual experience it's called PACE I can't remember what it stands for but um yeah and I talked to my inner healer from rising above like she, she's just like the intense version of counseling but it is so intense it's like running a marathon mm. and then like ask like after the after the session, I'm like I have to sleep for like the rest of the day. Like it's it's so exhausting emotionally, and mentally. But they they helped me with the tools to like I keep thinking back of what it was like for me living at that sober place, and I keep thinking it's like okay, I don't need to overreact. I don't need to make a big deal out of this. But. Ninety can or ninety percent chance I still do make a big deal because I like things done or things being done my way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't like being told no. Like
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, um, just uh, I don't know. I'm I feel like I'm awake, but I'm more like just kind of stumbling around awake. Because like I got two supportive friends that I live with, my boyfriend and and my brother, and at the same time, like they've like we're we're coming together, and I'll have like I don't know like a hissy fit or something, but it's a little bit more tolerable. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm still learning, like, new stuff about, about my disorder, like, every day, like, as much as I can. Oh, and then I went into Spotify, and I'm like, oh, hey, oh, it's in the podcast. Um, <laughs> and
3: then
1: and then I check up, um, first thing I looked at, BP, or uh, borderline personality disorder. And it poof, and then I see your guys', your guys podcast, and I'm like, oh, hey, a little white, like, um, what do you call it? uh the little little
3: gadget
1: icon Oh yeah um yeah and then i click on your guys little icon and then i started listening and i'm like oh my god oh my god i'm like wow i'm like there's people actually out there who kind of who pretty much know like what the heck is going on i'm like oh my god i'm like this is so awesome and so i started like Like, I started listening to, like, other podcasts, and then I'm on YouTube, and then I'm on Google, and like, it's, it's... I have to say, like, this past year of being with Don and having him at my side has been, like, the best year of my whole life ever because I've had someone standing there supporting me and, like, and that's all he keeps saying. I just want you to get better. Like, Mm he doesn't it isn't worry about, like, my meltdowns or my blowouts or, like, any of that. I'm trying to be a little bit more self-aware of other people, and especially my brother being here. mm mm-hmm. um, uh, Because, well, he's not. My best friend, Kyle, he's... Is it okay? Okay, so he was dating my best friend for a year or two. And her and I are so much alike but we're so different. Like she's like the pretty Barbie doll native and I'm just like the I'm just like the Dutch native. <laughs> Easiest way to put it. I found I found my girlfriend to be so much more prettier. And like but we hung out and we were like we were like two peas in a pot. And then I didn't realize that she was the way that I was. Like with the temperament, the blowouts, the attacking the boyfriend first, like oh, what gets me is that like any every time that I have physically gone after my boyfriend afterwards, like when he would calm me down or like when we are in that <laughs> he just said we have great makeup so <laughs> 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 um like like he would uh he just totally just lost my train of thought. <laughs> 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 but Kyle Kyle ended up getting himself out of this relationship and he loves her. Like even to this day, he loves her but he he had to he had to get out and I was so happy and proud of him for doing that. And then he showed up on our door two days after when we've seen him and like, yeah, like he's been here with us since. And so I really, I've been like talking to Gus and I'm like, dude, okay. And I'm like, you gave me this great guy. And I'm like, and then all of a sudden you bring back one of my friends who I haven't seen for like a year. And, uh, and my best friend knows exactly what Don is going through because he just got out of that kind of a relationship. And so that started making me think, I'm like, I have to be a better woman. Like, I want to be a better woman. Like, not not, not just for Don, not for, like, everyone else, but for me because I know what kind of um, potential I have. I know what kind of gifts I have and I've got something to offer and I don't know what it is whether it's like a smile or a hug or like a kick in the butt or something like I know like they're helping me realize that and then like uh, Kyle he's got um he's, he's got experience and knowledge um with uh like with mental health like for like with himself and obviously with his ex-girlfriend now. And and he's a pretty smart guy. So, like, I'm, like, I'm just seeing the stones being placed underneath my feet as I'm taking a step,
3: Does mm-hmm. that makes
1: any sense. That's, like, the best analogy that I could come up with. Mm-hmm. And, like, seeing the people that Gus is putting into my life, like, gone. Kyle, my best friend, and who's also my sponsor, like, it, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like, I'm not by any means, like, close to, like, fixing myself, and I don't think I, like, if I am fixable, but I know that I have hope. And now that I know, like, being diagnosed properly, Like, I've been undiagnosed my whole life. That's like 30-something years of, like, thinking that I was just, like, messed up in the head that bad, or that Mm -hmm. I just had that bad of a temperament, or, like, you know, like, I always felt like an awful. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm at my happiest now than I, like, like I said before, than, like, I ever have, so.
0: It sounds like you were... uh, like before, you were, you know, self medicating, and um, you know, doing um, doing what a lot of people do, just doing doing your best.
3: To get you by. know,
0: yeah, your best. You know, because you know, one, yeah, I mean, you didn't you didn't ask to be born, you know, <laughs> and then two, you know, you didn't you didn't ask for all this this other stuff that that your your mom brought into your life and what happened to come into your life, but you had to deal with it and you did the best that you could yeah. and you took the paths that, that you had to take and you know thankfully you came out alive on the other end you're still alive and able to to talk about it and look back at it and sort of be like you know that that was something that, that happened and I can kind of take that with me and, and grow from it so I think that's the well, well exactly like
1: that's pretty much like like, how I do look at my situation and my in my life, like how I look at it now though, and like having already experienced being able to share my testimony with so many people. And the, the cool thing with that is that like like Grand Prairie is how many, how many people? 16. Okay, like 70, 80 thousand people roughly. So, like, there's quite a bit of people here, but I've had quite a few people come up to me and know me from my testimony, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, they're like, oh, like, it it, it was so touching. Or this one girl that came up to me, uh, I went to her job, actually, and she was working at Tim Hortons. And I'm, I'm standing there waiting for my coffee, and I'm like, blah, blah, la, like, <laughs> like, just <laughs> off of my own little world. And then this young girl is just, dancing at me and I'm like (laughs) looking around and then I'm like wiping my nose thinking I had a booger or like did I have yogurt on my chin and then I'm like hi and then I'm like do I know you she's like and she's like no she's like but are you Val and I'm like yeah and I'm like how do I know you she's like she's like were you the one that shared your story and I'm like yeah, I'm like, were you there? She's like, yes, and, like, she just, her face just lit right up, like, and she had something to tell me, and the cool thing was that she told me because of her hearing hearing my testimony that night, she ended up putting her grandmother, or her grandmother, her father and her uncle behind bars because she was being uh, sexually abused by them, And um, a few months later, I run into her again, like, at the mall. And then all of a sudden, like, she's engaged. She's found, like, the perfect man for her. Like, she's so happy. She's pregnant. And the biggest thing that stuck out in, like, the conversation with her was that she's like, listening to your story helps me. She's like, I want to thank you. She's like, because if I didn't hear your story, like... She's like, I would have been able to have gotten myself out of the shame and guilt. And, like, I I would still probably be in a bad situation. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, everything that I went through did not go in vain. Just to know that even if I could help one person just sharing my story, none of that went in vain. You know what I mean? Like, everything that happened, it had to happen. It had to happen for me to get to where I am today. Everything that I went through as a kid, it had to happen to get to where I am
2: today. I was gonna say, I think what's important is that you're making a conscious decision to do something positive. You know, not only for yourself but for, like you said, to help other people using w- yeah. your experiences as uh, as a tool to motivate or inspire other people to. So that they don't go through the same experiences you did.
1: Yes, exactly. Like that's that's all I could hope for, right? And like I I don't I don't like, like I don't want um like any fame or anything from it. Like that's like not even crossed my mind. But I I even prayed before you guys even called and I'm like, that's, like Please let there be someone listening that can relate that needs to hear what I have to say and like can help them. Like just as long as I can help one person or something, it's it's totally worth it's totally worth uh the ride. So
0: Yeah, that's that's how we think about you know, our podcast. That's something that Chris would say when when the podcast started, like just being able to help one person and and it's so great that you um you know there's there's a lot of people that that are able like to tell their story um and they don't get to like see the the fruits of that but you're actually able to see it like almost like in real time you're like <laughs> you saw her like before um you, you saw her like while she was going um through that experience and then after she had kind of like got out out of that situation was kind of picking up her life together so that was really great you were you were a part of um her healing yeah. in, her, in her story and that's that's yeah. really powerful so oh of course somebody oh somebody's God. gonna hear this episode and <laughs> yet yeah, i think of course somebody's gonna hear this episode and and relate to it um what i mean something that we've also <laughs> learned is that not not everybody um not everybody that that listens to something uh you don't always you know meet them or always hear from them like how how thankful they are um but you can be you you know you can be sure that you know somebody's gonna hear your story and be touched by it and um be able to take that information and and hold on to it and hopefully hopefully give it back to somebody else and let them know, you know, there's there's positive, yeah, there's positives to life, there's negatives to life, but you know, it's all life. And um, I also like what you, yeah. what you said about the support system because I think that's super important to have supportive people around you. Um, yeah. When when especially when you're going through a crisis, that you know, I think it's important that if if you you know, if you're prone to going through, um, depression or, or intense anxiety that you should have somebody that you can call no matter what. And, you know, I'm really, I'm really thankful that I have, you know, family and friends like that. And, you know, I think everybody should be able to have that. Um, but
2: yeah. Unfortunately, I was gonna, you know, it's really tragic, you know, uh, oftentimes, especially to hear like your story where it's family you know um, that kind of didn't give you the what you needed as a ch- as a child but you know um yeah. one thing that i sort of i i i I was lucky enough to have you know parents my mom um mainly that kind of looked after me and stuff but one thing that i, I think yeah. is that people forget or maybe not be con or um aware is that you know we have our, our our main family and our blood family, but then we also have a secondary family that we have a choosing of. And those are the people that can be some, for some people, those are the only families we have, you know, if our family, if we're we're fortunate to be born in a not so good family that abuses us or doesn't provide us with security and love that, that we need, we can make our own family that, can substitute the one we were born into, and it's great yeah, that you and were able brother to find.
3: And right,
2: sister. you were able to find somebody who who was there for you and to provide that for you. Um, yeah, because uh, like Ajani said, that's the biggest important. That's one of, like one of the biggest. Um, what how do you call it? Uh, help is that when you when you're dealing with mental illness, it's like the support system that you have around you is what really helps a lot in getting you, um, the help that you need, but also maintaining, um, and oh, maintain ma- that what, um, yeah. maintaining you on that track, I guess. Yeah. And I, was, I mean, I, I, yeah. there's been so many instances with Ajani where uh, we've had instances where he's gotten off his medication or he gets through, Uh, a bad point and he's just really down and then it's you know how do you find yourself it's a lot more work if you have to work within yourself to get yourself out of it
0: It, it's it's a it's a motive um a motivator it's like you know if you have a um if you have somebody that you really care about or if you know you have a child or, or something you're gonna you know think a little you might think twice about you know doing something I mean there have been times where I was just like um, cause I, I used to like to self mutilate and I'm like, Oh, I really want to do it. Oh my gosh. And then, you know, what comes to my mind, Chris, like what is, what is Chris's reaction going to be? He's not going to be pleased.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's probably going to be angry at me and be like, well. and then of course, you know, after I think you, you sort of said this, um, earlier, it, it's sort of like, like when you're in the moment, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then after you get done, you're just like, Oh, why did I do that? <laughs> and then now you have this scar for the rest of your life and you're yeah. just the scar that you have to like carry around. It's like, dang, it was just a, a momentary stressful situation. I had to go and do something like that's, that's just going to alter me forever. Just gonna, you know, just being so dramatic, but you're just trying to, you know, deal with that. But it just gives you um having those people in your life just gives you a, a you're like, well, maybe, you know, I want to do this, but you know, there is somebody who's going to say, why didn't you call me? You know yeah. why didn't you call me? Why didn't you reach out yeah. to me? Yeah, so it's to
1: hold me accountable.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. So um, now that um, after your diagnosis, um, you've it, you're you've, you said you you've been taking medication. Is that correct? Yeah. And um, yeah. you're it, are you seeing like a, a therapist regularly, or
1: um, is that part of your? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm not sure if, like what her title is. But like she, uh, it's it's a traumatic or sexual traumatic um, experience for women,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and they have like a whole bunch of different counselors, men and women, and um, they it's 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 pretty intense counseling, mm-hmm. and like I'm trying, I'm just getting back into it, like with it being the new year.
3: Yeah.
1: But like having. Like, the best reports, like, I, I was I was blessed enough to have Dawn find me and then Dawn and I go, like, find Kyle. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, Gus has this group together for a reason. And there's times where, like, I'm having a steady day or, like, like, like we're starting to, like, read up on each other a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, with gestures or the tone of their voice or, like like their their actions or something so like we we try to pick each other up mm-hmm. where someone is like i don't know like lacking or like needs extra help mm-hmm. so like we try to keep each other up and going and like we keep uh, actually kyle and i and john we were just talking about um uh about depression because like we all we all can relate, and, and then we started telling, like, kind of writing ourselves out to each other, like, oh, okay, well, watch for this, if I start doing this or this or this, like, let's go for a walk in the neighborhood or, like, out of mm. nature or something, like, yeah. like we're, we're trying to encourage each other, That's great. and this having their, I don't, I don't know, like, their, their mannerisms, would that be the right yeah, their presence. Mm-hmm. Like, just them being here and then me not doing it by myself, I would not be able to function out in society mm-hmm. by myself if I didn't have, like, Don and Kyle. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I would still be, like, the way I see it, like, my whole life, I've been white-knuckling it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Does that make sense?
3: Yeah.
1: And And now, it's like, I got two extra hands. Well, actually, I don't even have a steering wheel anymore. I, I just I moved over to the passenger seat. I'm like Gus. <laughs> <Red laughs> <bus,
0: man.
1: laughs> like Jesus, take and the wheel, uh, <laughs> right? Like, oh, Gus, does so, take yeah. the wheel? But like, <laughs> like, but that's what I mean. Like I I see and I feel like my world or like my little world like shifting. Mm-hmm. like like people's energy to uh situations in our life but like i'm content in my life where i'm at right at the moment because i haven't ever felt safe or um being content like i'm going to be finished i got a couple of assessments that i need to finish up mm-hmm. and i'm getting my driver's. My driver's license renewed. Um, I actually have applied for this um, to go back to school, and it's uh, it's called uh, Women Building Futures, and it's like there's eighteen women that get picked to do this eighteen week course, mm-hmm. and we get all our safety tickets, we get all like all knowledge that we need, and we are put in five different trades electrician, plumbing,
3: car- oh. welding,
1: carpentry, and pipe hmm. and we get we get to try all five of them so that way they see which woman is stronger in what trade yeah and hmm. then after when we graduate then they help us with our resume they help us get a job and then yeah then we become alumni so
3: so it's I'm just like in a the great beginning program.
1: process of, yeah. like... Yeah, like, it's so I'm, I'm just in the beginning process of getting my assessments done.
2: Yeah.
1: But other than that, like... If someone would have said, like, yeah, before your 35th birthday, you're going to be going back to school, I would have, like, laughed <laughs> at their face. It's <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> but, like, I have... I, I'm still... Even just talking about it now, like I'm still kind of like flabbergasted at times. Like when I'm sitting here watching the guys, they're just like BSing with each other. They're like, we're gaming out or we're going on road trips. Like we're going to BC here uh, next week, Kyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to we're going to BC next week for a grandfather's memorial. And it was going to be just me and Dawn, and I'm like, I'm really excited because Don is so white, and I, I don't, I don't need to say that. Like, I don't need to sound racist because, like, I'm not. I'm, I'm brown, so so like, if you're black, you're black. You're but like whatever. But like, he's so white, and I'm taking him back to a re- reserve full of a whole bunch of other Indians that don't know him
0: that aren't white. And
1: then on top of that. Right? Then, like, they're, they're, they're big girls out there, man. Like they're from like they make me look tiny. And I was thinking about it and I'm like I'm like, well Kyle's been here this whole time and I'm like like the last three days have been up and down, up and down, like it's been emotionally draining because like oh, I'll hear a song and then I will just start bawling like 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 that that ugly that ugly cry, like, ah. yeah. and then like I'll cry, and then I'll, I'll, I'll keep reminding myself it's okay to feel this feeling, and I'm trying not to be so hard on myself, and I just like I'll get through it. Yeah. But well, Kyle is a pretty big part of like my support system, so I didn't want to go back to DC alone. Right, like this me and on, right. So yeah, Kyle's gonna be our
2: third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, that's great but, that um, you you've been able to find that support system. I think that's that's gonna help you out a lot as you move forward with your therapy and l- as you learn you know yeah. about BPD and, and your condition and try to improve that that'll definitely oh, come in, in handy. hand. Uh,
0: I uh, we're gonna wrap up here since it's going on an hour but we did want to get your um your contact information uh, just in case it was um anyone listening that wanted to um reach out to you.
1: Oh for sure. Um if anyone wants to get a hold of me on Instagram and my Instagram on my name on that, I'm pretty sure is all ca- all small letters, Mama Bug. Two thousand nine. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, I'm. I'm okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Like,
2: should I give out my number or if no? You're not, no. Okay. no. <laughs> 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 Let's
1: keep a little bit of online. what?
3: I, why? Come on,
0: get some it's spam. Like, I mean, you guys think like them.
1: That's the impulsive. <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't know. I don't know what kind of spam like you guys like robocalls. You guys get and, um canada you said you're in canada right but yeah. Yeah, th- yeah that correct is one the um but like i gotta <laughs> it's, off, it's just off topic really fast but i got a call um sometimes we get these calls here there's robocalls so it'd be like there's a um, a warrant out for your arrest please call back and talk to a federal agent have you oh ever got gosh. one of those chris no <laughs> yeah or they're like scams like they're they're all these so. well
2: i don't answer a phone that i don't know so
0: I don't know how my number gets ways. out there, man. <laughs> 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 I get a lot of robocalls. Uh
2: well, sorry. yeah. Well we'll list uh we'll also uh list your contact info in the mm-hmm. um, yeah,
0: so. in the uh show notes here so that people can also get in contact you, with you that way. Um and yeah. you guys can for our listeners they can always stop by and also see you in our Facebook group.
2: Oh yeah, if you if you're and, on Facebook uh um, That's
0: you, semi semi new. It's like two weeks going on two, three weeks.
2: So. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: We share um just memes <laughs> and uh inspirational stuff or Ajani really loves to share memes. My doodles. And doodles. <laughs> Any art. It's I a nice it's a nice space. Uh, so yeah, if you guys feel uh like you'd like to continue this conversation, um feel free to reach out and um we thank you so much for listening. We bid you adieu.
0: Yes, yeah, thank Alexa.
1: You.
0: All right. Let's say bye, everybody. Bye.
3: Adios.
1: Bye.